You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. The power of being one is the title of this devotion. Oh, my dear friends, it's amazing what is possible with God as we live in that oneness that He offers us with Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. As you keep opening your heart day and night by reading His Word, by hearing His Word, by worshiping, praying, if you keep open to that oneness with God through His Son, the Bible says that Jesus ever lives to intercede for those who come to God through Him. That's in Hebrews 7.24. As you keep coming to God through Jesus, you keep saying, Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, that I may come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that through Jesus I am made accepted in you. I am made well-pleasing to you. I am made holy and without blame before you in your love through Jesus, Father. Father, I thank you for loving me and receiving me through Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, and you keep worshiping and praying the Father through the Spirit of life in Christ. It will open up in you all the riches of heaven. All the glories of God will begin to manifest in you as you begin to partake of His heavenly life through His Son, Jesus Christ, in you. And here in John 17, we're talking about the power of being one today. Here in John 17, verse 21, Jesus is praying and He says, Father, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. My goodness, friends, when I read this, Jesus is praying the night before he is to be crucified. And this is his high priestly intercession before the Father. Father, I pray that they all may be one. Nobody left out. Nobody from the poorest to the richest, from the weakest to the mightiest, from the wisest to the most ignorant, that we're all made one in Christ. Oh, hallelujah for that power to be one. It is amazing, all distinctions disappear. All big eyes and little use disappear. All these things evaporate in the power of that oneness, my dear friends. No more power struggle, no more I'm inferior, you're superior, I am greater, you're smaller, I'm first, you're last. None of that exists in that oneness. Such thoughts will not be considered. They will not be thought. You will only realize that God is all in all to his praise and glory forever. Father, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be made one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory that you gave me, 
I have given to them the glory of being one with you. I've given to them that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, for I have declared to them your name, for I've revealed you to them, and I will keep on revealing it to them, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Oh, my dear friends, I'm so grateful that you take the time to join me on these devotions. And I trust that you join me in passing it on to others. Share it with all your friends. Share it with anybody and everybody that you come to know so that they may experience this grace that we are sharing together in these devotions. I feel such an anointing of Christ's life-giving spirit enabling me to speak these words to you. I'm not sitting here just bringing out dogma or reason or just theology. No, I'm sharing the life of the Son of God that is equally available to every one of us. He, Jesus Christ, my dear friends, has come to reveal to the world that God does not want any man to perish, but that all men may come to the knowledge of the truth that there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for many. Oh, Jesus Christ was the ransom for every soul. When I look at these scriptures here, it gives me such hope and love for precious souls. He says, do you not know? The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators. <coughs> that word fornication is the word pornography. It is illicit sex, immorality outside of marriage. And I'm not saying that immorality belongs in marriage. No, there needs to be a holy, sweet, loving communion between the husband and the wife. But there is no access into the kingdom of God when pornography dominates the heart, when pornography dominates the soul, when he says here, idolaters, idolatry, when your heart is completely enslaved to and addicted to the things in this world and you worship the passing pleasures of this life, there's no access for you into the kingdom. When you are an adulterer and you insist to live in the deception of loving those that don't belong to you but belong to somebody else or you belong to somebody else and yet you betray that union by making yourself one with somebody. It blocks the way to God. It shuts the way into His holy of holies for it is ungodly and unrighteous to be an adulterer. Read it in the scripture. An idolater, an adulterer, a homosexual, a sodomite. And while these practices may be common among us today, the sadness of these, of these practices is they begin to close your heart to access to God. 
Oh, listen to me tonight. Let nothing shut the door of your heart to God. Look at it here. Thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. People that allow these passions to take over their heart and mind shut the door to God. But, listen now, such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified, made holy. You were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our living Heavenly Father. Oh, what goodness and mercy. Jesus gave himself a ransom for all of us. Whatever has blocked the way to your communion with the Father through the Son, the Son can remove the blockage. Whatever it is, he can remove the blockage. He can take it away. When I was a young man of 16, 17, I would go on a Friday night to the pub and I would drink heavy alcohol and get myself drunk. Oh yeah, I would get myself so drunk that I became sick of it on the way home. And I had fallen into this and it had blocked my heart to God. Drunkards cannot access the kingdom. It blocks your heart. That alcohol has gained such dominion that shuts you out. It, it, it blinds you. It darkens you. No, friends, we can never play with alcohol. Do not allow alcohol to become your master. Don't ever let it rule over you. Keep it at a distance. And don't allow it to touch you if you just, you ought not to touch it anyway. And here my heart was blinded and darkened. But Jesus came into my heart when I didn't deserve it. Jesus saved me when I did not deserve it, to say the least. And I had come into fellowship with God through the Lord Jesus coming into my heart. It was glorious. It was marvelous. I had no thought of going to the pub. I I couldn't think to go back to until one time. I don't know what got into me, what thought, what idea, what little message or so. But without even reasoning. I just went back on a Friday night. Maybe I was bored or whatever. And I went to the pub. And they offered me what I always drank. Even though I hadn't been for so long, they remembered. And I stood there drinking that one glass, but it didn't taste like it used to. Because Jesus had freed me from its dominion. But I went ahead and drank it. And I went home that night. And I tell you the truth. I had never suffered such pain of loneliness before. Oh, when I was in the world, I used to sing those blues, those songs of self-pity, those songs of sorry me, lonely me, longing for love, longing for this, longing for that. I used to sing those songs and they would feed my hungry soul instead of the life of the Son of God that longed to satisfy my hungry soul. But now I experienced the loneliness I never, ever knew. The absence of that communion with my loving Heavenly Father. Oh, it was excruciating. And I fell on my face in my room. I'll never forget it. And I wept 
bitter tears of remorse and I lamented in repentance and wept before God as James 4.10 teaches us to do and said, Lord, I utterly repent in remorse of having gone where I don't belong, of having drank of what does not belong in me ever again. And I repented and by mercy and by the ever-living intercession of my Savior, the blockage that had cut off the communion was removed in an instant and the floodgates of glory opened up in me again as I partook of the fellowship of the Father through the Son. Oh, what glory filled my soul. What joy flooded my heart. I was so happy I couldn't wait to go back to church and to worship and sing and rejoice before the Lord because I lived in communion with God. Church friends becomes glorious when you live in that oneness with the Father through the Son because through that power of being one with God you are made one with those who are of God and you begin to enjoy fellowship with the saints of God Oh, they can be old. They can be more traditional in their dressing than you. And yet you feel like a son in the house, a daughter in the house, a member of the household. The power of oneness breaks every blockage, breaks every hindrance of fellowship with both God and one another. Jesus Christ brings that power, that almighty power that conquered sin death and the grave and all the forces of hell and broke its power. Come on, believe this. Nothing can separate you from the love of the Father that you now have through Jesus. And I want to plead with you here from Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner of the Lord, the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is only one body and one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. You see, friends, when we betray our oneness with the Father for the lust of this world, for the deceiving riches of this world, for the deceiving pleasures of this world, we stop walking worthy. We're no longer coming into church with that spirit of acceptance of one another. That is the Spirit of Christ having accepted us for the love of the Father. And that Spirit is not in us because we have violated it. And we come into the church and we don't have that sweet spirit of acceptance. We don't have that spirit of humility, of gentleness, of long-suffering, bearing one another in love. We feel irritated by one another. We feel critical of one another. We feel judgmental of one another. And that's not just the ailment of a young person. That could happen to any of us, no longer how, we have, how long we've been Christians. Any of us can allow our hearts to be blocked off from that union with the Father. 
and any of us can have that union restored in the power of oneness that is in Jesus Christ, by which he breaks every hindrance, every blockage, and causes us to enjoy that fellowship with the Father so we can enjoy loving one another in gentleness, in, in, in lone, lowliness, long-suffering, in the bearing of one another, in the endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit by that bond of peace by which we're all having fellowship with one another in the Lord. Friends, I find this exhilarating. So let me close with you from Romans chapter 12, this devotion today. I besiege you again, he says in verse 1, therefore, by, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Friends, when we come together as a body of Christ, we should come into that wonderful fellowship with the Father, worshiping together, praising together, letting the glory of the Lord overshadow us all as He baptizes us by one spirit into that union with the Father, Jesus Christ, baptizes us with that Holy Spirit by which we all draw near with a true heart and sincere faith, all having our hearts cleansed from an evil conscience and our bodies by the Holy Spirit are being filled and flooded to worship God. And we come into that praise by the mercies of God. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of the Father. Oh, my friends, I find the will of my loving Father absolutely delightful. It's my greatest pleasure and satisfaction to live to do His will. And He continuously unveils in my heart His will. And He wills that we love each other, forgive each other, bless each other, and are thankful for one another. And that we're not worldly in our thoughts of one another. That we can enjoy sweet fellowship with one another without the reproach of lusts, angers, irritations, fear, animosities. No, those things have nothing to do with our fellowship. In our fellowship, we are made one by the power of His oneness. The power of Christ makes us one so that we can have grace, each one of us. And then he says here in verse 3, For I say through the grace given me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. For as we have many members in the one body, but all the members do not have the same function. See, I have fingers that don't have the same function as the arm or the shoulder or the chest, but we're all important. We have many members in the body, but we don't all have the same function. So we, listen, being many are one body in Christ, yet individual members of one another. I cannot, my hands cannot function without my arms, without my shoulders, without my chest and shoulder blades. It all works together. 
That's the body of Christ. <coughs> so, having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let's use them. Some have prophetic graces to know what God is saying. Some ha have ministry graces that they constantly feel to support, help, and, and encourage, and do whatever makes life easier for others. Some have teaching graces, some exhorting, encouraging, some giving. Now, we need to all give, but some people have a specific grace especially to give. I think we all ought to honor God with our tithes and offerings, but there are people, I've met them, their whole life is consumed with giving to others. I find it beautiful to watch. I long to be more like that. Some have graces to lead and some to show mercy. Whatever the Lord enables you to do, do it to serve His church, to serve His body, His precious people, to serve the work of the ministry. Let's all labor together in that spirit of oneness and watch God's grace and blessings about. Amen. Have a good day.